to the Urban Planners Podcast, hosted by Gigi the Planner. This podcast is about all things urban planning related and otherwise. In this setting, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the planning field. We'll even delve into some very controversial topics involving the role planners have to take in their everyday lives and jobs. Without further ado, let's jump right into today's episode. This This is Gigi the Planner. Welcome everyone to episode 15 of the Urban Planners Podcast. In today's episode, I'll be interviewing my good friend Pamela McLeod and we will be talking about her journey from getting her degrees in geography to the planning field and some of the things that she experienced with that. And then we will delve into her starting her new planning and development firm with her husband. Hope you all enjoy. Hello, Pamela, and thank you for joining the Urban Planners Podcast. Glad to have you today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So first off, please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your educational background, and what sparked your interest in the planning field. Yeah, so I'm originally from the south side of Chicago, which I really believe is the best city in the world. (laughs) Um, I grew up there, was born there, went to high school there, Um, majority of my family is still there, absolutely love it. Um, I went to college for about four hours out from the city at Western Illinois University and got my bachelor's and master's degree there. And um, I, I was a cheerleader for a couple of years. I've been cheering since high school also, so continued that in college. I was got interested in the planning field. Interesting because it wasn't like I went in wanting to do planning. I had no idea what planning was. I actually um, minored in sociology and they had a community development course. And so I decided to take that and absolutely loved it. Like I felt like I found a piece of me (laughs) when I took this class. And at the time, because it was community development, I still didn't know what planning was, but it kind of steered me in that direction of planning. Cool. Yeah, I know a lot of people, when they're coming into the planning field, they don't know what it is initially. So it's good to hear your story and how you got into that. So I know that you originally wanted to be a meteorologist. What made you decide to pursue that field in the first place? So I have always loved earth science, and that was probably since my first year in high school. I took an earth science class. My teacher was amazing. His name was Mr. Hall, and I really enjoyed learning about a lot of the things that he taught in that class. And so I also was just amazed at the weather in Chicago because it'll be 75 one day and then 30 the next. And so I was always staring at the sky when I was smaller and just wondering, like, how does all of this work? And so um, when the news came on every morning, I would always watch the weather and the meteorologists on there. And I'd say, you know what, I think I want to do that. And so Um, By the time I started applying to colleges, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for meteorology as a major. And so surprisingly, a lot of schools don't offer that. 
And especially because I, my mother wanted me to stay in state, which made it very hard. So there were only two colleges that actually offered meteorology. I think three now, but the University of Illinois and Champaign-Urbana and Western Illinois uh, University were the only two schools at the time that was offering meteorology. And so I decided to go to Western. I didn't want to go to U of I because everybody in my high school seemed like they were going to U of I. I just didn't want to be there. So yeah, that's what got me interested in meteorology. So how did you transfer from meteorology to planning ultimately? So when I was taking my meteorology classes, I enjoyed them. They were very hard. Um, I minored in broadcasting at the time. I think my first two and a half years, I did meteorology. And I decided that I didn't want to do broadcasting anymore because it really wasn't a passion for me. I I was bored, honestly, with the whole broadcasting as a minor. So that's when I decided to do sociology. And in sociology, I learned more about people and their needs. And when I started taking more geography classes, because our programs were kind of together, if you were in meteorology, you were in geography. So we had a lot of, you know, similar electives. And so I was taking geography classes also. And so I would find that this connection between geography and sociology, where there was this idea of people and where they live and how their environment affects basically their entire lives, uh, how they grow up, how they, how they see the world, you know, uh, what their opportunities are, uh, where you're located just means everything. And so um, I got so interested in learning about so many different people because in one course we would study every continent and we would pick different countries and study their culture. And, you know, you would just see how so many people didn't have opportunities like we have here in America. And even in America, depending on where you are, you're realizing like, wow, like this is very interesting how many people are affected by where they live. Just because you live in a certain neighborhood or a certain state or wherever can alter your entire life. At least that's what, how we learned it in geography. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, I've never really known of anybody that wanted to do meteorology. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> That is very interesting how you got into that and how you transferred over to planning. Um, yeah. so you have both a bachelor's and a master's in geography. What issues has that posed for you getting into the planning field? I think that when I was first applying for planning jobs, you would see them say a bachelor's degree in planning or other related fields such as, and they'll say public administration or geography. And so I found that when I, when I left Illinois and moved to Florida, that was just code for, we just want a planning <laughs> degree. At least that's how I felt at the time. I feel like they just kind of threw the other ones in there like, oh, you know, maybe we'll consider you if you have um, a geography degree or a public administration degree. And I felt like I was competing with a lot of people who attended school here in South Florida because they actually had a planning degree. I didn't. Even though a lot of my courses in my master's degree was planning, a lot of people, I don't think they 
understood where geography kind of played the role in planning, if that makes sense. So I found it hard applying. And then when I did my internship at Pompano Beach, I was very happy to know that the director got his master's degree in geography. I was like, okay, I'm not the only one I started to like did I do this right did I major in the right thing you know because everybody was very specific in their major and geography is very very broad you can do uh, like you can do meteorology with that degree you can do environmental anything environmental you can do uh, of course planning it's, it's so broad that I can say okay yeah I have a degree in geography and people will assume environmental you know what I mean? They won't think, oh, then she she knows planning. It's not really that type of uh, major, but I got very, very blessed to have gotten the that job uh, later on. But I think the geography, because people don't really understand how um, broad it can be, or that if there is focus in planning in that field, then it kind of just had me in this waiting place where it's just kind of like until people can understand that geography plays a role in planning then I'm just kind of stuck <laughs> yeah I mean I can see how that can be an issue um I know they do say that public administration and geography are like associated fields but most of the time they just hire people with a planning degree basically yes very true so you currently work with me at the city of Pompano Beach um, originally, you were an intern, but you weren't making enough to sustain you and your family. So you left the planning field, and then you tried to apply, I believe it was three more times, to come back to Pompano. Please speak on that experience and how you did not lose courage despite being consistently rejected. Yeah, so I'll never forget when I had to make this decision about leaving Pompano. So I interned for about, I, I want to say, seven to eight months. And I remember saying, I don't want to leave, but I had just moved there, well, here to South Florida. And I said, it's so expensive here. (laughs) And I was like, you know, I might need another job. So I started applying to other cities and hoping that the city of Pompano Beach would open another position, but it was not looking up at that time for me. So because I had a daughter, I was like, okay, I have to do something different for my family. I mean, my husband was working also, but we both just moved down. He had just graduated too. So, you know, he had got a a, a pretty good gig in his field. And so I said, well, you know what? Since I can't find anything, I still have to work. So I got a job at a university as an admissions counselor. And I did that. And during that time, I was probably the most confused and just hopeless at least it felt that way at the time because i was like i'm never gonna get in this field like i might as well just get my edd (laughs) and stay in education like i'm just gonna work at a university i've already gotten two years of experience now i just felt like i'm kind of just stuck in education now and so i remember one day sitting in my living room And I was watching a TED talk. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was in the planning field and he was talking about building cities. And so that kind of sparked something in me. And I was like, I should try this again. And plus my husband was telling me almost every single day, you have to get back into 
what you really want to do. Like you have to pursue your passion. It's important that you operate in your purpose or you're not going to be happy. And so I said, okay. And so that next day, my husband printed out all of these applications. He was sending me all these websites and he was like, you're going to apply. And I was like, I don't want to. And he was like, trust me, you're going to be happy you did. So I applied and um, I actually got a, a job with the city of Lauderdale Lakes in the planning field as a zoning technician. And I was so excited because I just wanted to be in the field. And it's a smaller city, but I, I wanted to take the first thing that came to me because I was looking for the opportunity. And I learned so much there with smaller cities. I think people count them out. But because it's a small city, you learn, to me, you learn twice as much. And it's a lot of fun because you're wearing many hats at that point. And so in between that time, before I got the job at the city of Lauderdale Lakes, I had applied for Pompano, I believe it was two times for a zoning tech position and then a planning position. The first one, I felt more confident than the second one. I remember the second interview being just basically horrible. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is a really bad interview for me. Like, I think I was so nervous and I was, I honestly sat there and I felt just embarrassed because I knew I had the same people interviewing me. I was just kind of like faithless in that interview. I was just kind of like, oh, they're not going to hire me. I'm just going through the motions at that point. And so they kind of told me that, you know, there's a possibility that they may hire internally. And so when they said that, I was like, well, this is them basically telling me no. <laughs> and so I just kind of got, you know, a little hopeless and said, I think this is going to be the last time I interview. And so when I got to Lauderdale Lakes, I remember hearing about uh, the position opening. I think you were the one that told me actually like, hey, there's a position opening. And I was just like, I'm going to apply. And I think, think I wanted to know if I had finally measured up to working at a place like Pompano, because besides Fort Lauderdale and Broward County, it's probably the second biggest city, I think. And so I remember saying, I'm more confident. I have the experience. I'm going to get this job. Like, they can't tell me no. <laughs> And so, and, and plus my passion had grown because now I was actually out, like in the field. And so I remember that third interview, I was so excited. I was very confident in my answers. And they even told me like, you seem very different from the first two interviews. I'm like, I am because I got the experience and I know what I'm capable of. So even, and I actually told them, even if this is a no for me, I know that I can succeed in the playing field. Like I know enough. Now I know I still have tons of stuff to learn. I don't know everything, <laughs> but I knew that I was capable of being a really good planner wherever I was. Um, but when they called me, I am not going to lie. I was extremely excited and I, I felt like I could cross a huge thing off of my list because that was my goal to get back and, even interviewing three times for the same position at the same city, I don't regret it. First, I, I felt like I started to, but when I look back at where I was, I'm like, nah, I don't regret it. Yeah, and then even you telling the story, I was just thinking about the fact that a lot of times, you know, especially coming into like an entry level position, 
you would think that you really don't need any experience, but mm-hmm. based on your story, you needed some experience. So that is always like the issue when you're just transitioning, especially from school into the workforce. They want you to have some experience, but you're, you know, a recent grad. So that's kind of hard to get just transitioning over. Yeah, I would advise it, every college student, no matter what field you're in, to do internships over the summers. Like if you're not taking classes, do internships over the summer. Like that is the best thing that you can do because you're building your experience. And so by the time you graduate, you have all of the experience that they're looking for. You'll have two years of experience if you don't change your major. And if you have a, if you're pretty focused on what you want to do, if a degree takes, they're saying it takes more than four years now, but let's say it takes four years to complete a bachelor's degree. That's four summers. Close to two years, I would say, because you got three months, three months, roughly a year and a half of experience. And so if I had taken internships, I'd be ready to be a zoning tech or at least an entry level planner if I had done that. And so I would advise and I think even when you wrote that article on the APA website and the importance of internships that I don't know how to stress that more to college students that internships are the best way to go especially over this summer when you're not doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And even my mentor told me a while, a while ago, he said that he's trying to hire like planners for entry-level positions. He said that if they don't have any internship on their resume, he doesn't even call them in for an interview at all. So you, people need to do it. And I always suggest, like you said, as many times as you're able to have an internship, have one. Try to do them at different places to get different experience and understand maybe mm-hmm. what you want to do or don't want to do. But yeah, I totally agree on that. Mm-hmm. So you spoke a little bit about it, but what is your passion as it relates to planning overall? My passion, mostly if I can sum it up in just a few words, I want to help change environments for people because I believe if you change their environments, you can change their mindset and you can change their access to opportunities. And just me studying geography, knowing how, where you are, can basically have the ability to alter your entire life. That's a a pretty strong thing. And so if you compare places like the South side of Chicago to even just the North side of Chicago, there's a huge difference in the school systems and what happens around the schools, the income levels. And so, you know, in high school, I was learning about all of these things and then it continued in college. And then when you realize people don't have the same opportunities, then you, you want to bring things into those communities so that they have access to the same opportunities as everywhere else. And so I think that's my passion. I want to help people access opportunities. That's the most basic way I can explain. <laughs> I love it. So let's talk about this as well. So you and your husband recently started a planning and development firm. What is the mission and vision of your firm? So our vision and mission, we want to help build communities. And that sounds kind of like cliche, like, oh yeah, you want to build a a community, but actually build. Like we are pursuing being developers. That's our, uh, our goal. We want to literally go into places 
and you know and uh, analyze the area and say what does the community want talk to people and say you know what is it that you think you lack here what is it that you feel like the people in your city need and we want to be able to provide that if it's housing if it's you know if there's a, a food desert if whatever it is we want to be able to bring that there and so that's our vision to build cities and we really want to change the world that sounds so cliche too like oh i want to change the world but i think if we narrow that down to our world as far as the people we know the people we connect and network with if we're able to change those people then i feel like we are changing the world some people think it's like oh, i have to be on tv or i have to do all of these huge things to get noticed so the whole world can know who i am but it's really just people like my children that's my world you know or my friends or family in chicago that's my world and so those are the people i want to change and then people that they know and so that's our vision that's our mission and we want to do that um, by offering um not just being developers but we want to uh, do that by offering planning services because a lot of people say like oh i want to start a business or i want to i want to start a restaurant some people have absolutely no clue what to do. They say, oh, I want to build it from the ground up. Okay, there's a ton of questions. And just working in the city, I can identify those questions and say, okay, well, you know, does zoning even allow a restaurant here? <laughs> let's start there. Let's get the, let's do the due diligence and see if this is even possible here. And so um, that would be my part. And then my husband on the, on the other side is more of the, the business part. Okay, what, do you have a business plan? Do you have an investor? Do you have a potential location? You know, have you gone to the city and done these things? He's asking those type of questions. And so, yeah, that would be our, our mission and vision. We just see ourselves building into cities and again, giving people access to opportunities. Awesome. So I know that many husbands and wives don't go into business together for a multitude <laughs> of reasons. Have there been any issues with you all working together? I wouldn't call them issues. <laughs> I wouldn't say we had any issues. I think we're learning more about each other and our strengths and our weaknesses. So things that I am not, I would say, not that good at he he is he's very outgoing he's more of the negotiator and the speaker and he can get things done quickly and under pressure he works very well under pressure me i'm more of the i have to write everything down i'm very detailed i'm very background worker and i think that's why i like planning too and just the fact of having to talking in front of a lot of people scares me sometimes even though i know planning field you have to constantly deal with the public but when we're talking about the business part and negotiating and all of that that's where my husband steps in and i i think we're just learning more about each other so and i think we both just have a lot of good ideas and we're trying to merge those ideas together to increase the vision you know what i mean um, so no issues, just new experiences, I would say. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's a really big learning curve for you guys. Mm-hmm. 
It is. <laughs> um, so I know that your husband's background is in recreation. How has his expertise been useful within your firm thus far? So, yeah, so my husband got his bachelor's degree in recreation, parks, and tourism administration. <laughs> and some of the, his field is very cool and fun to me. And so a lot of people don't know, but in recreation, you actually, at least in one of his classes, you actually have to design, you have to come up with basically an entire business plan. And you have to actually point out everything you need to make this happen. So I remember one of his projects, he had to design a hotel. And so he used CAD and he had to, or or it might have been a sports facility. And so you have to say, okay, how much is this going to cost? You know, what is it going to take for us to build this? How long is it going to take? They designed the floor plan, all of these different things. And so um, that's been helpful because I have no clue (laughs) how to do what he can do. And so I can say, well, I don't know how to do a financial plan. And he's like, oh, that's easy. And he'll get the software and just do all of these numbers and say, yeah, so this percentage and yada, yada. And I'm like, okay, sounds great. Let's do it. (laughs) And so you think recreation is just like the, the fun leisure type stuff, but it seems like it's so much more because even when he, he worked in the city and the County. And so with the County, he's had to basically build programs from scratch. And so that means talking to investors, talking to other stakeholders and getting people together as well as the community and saying, okay, what do we need here? What is it going to take to make this happen? In a way, acting as a project manager. And so those skills has helped me and the business because he's able to gather all of this information And then I can say, okay, this is a great location. Let's see if we can make this happen. And then it works (laughs) in an interesting way. It works. And I just feel like it's like this perfect combination of planning because at first I'm like, oh, you know, we're trying to get him to do like be a park planner because I'm like, this is so cool. Like we would be the perfect couple. And he just was not okay with that. (laughs) So I had to be okay with that. And so those skills that he has in recreation and tourism and administration has helped the business a whole lot. And so I'm really grateful that he actually went that route with recreation. Cool. So it sounds like you guys are able to mesh both of your skills together really well. Mm -hmm. So what have been your biggest challenges since starting your firm? I think it's been fighting myself, like my capability of actually doing it. At least the first couple of months when I made a decision, like I want to start my own planning firm. My first thought was, I don't even have enough experience. Why would I start a planning firm? (laughs) Like I just got in the field. I don't know enough about this, Um, but I knew I wanted to do it. And as much as I love the public sector, The private sector allows you to, to me, in my opinion, learn more. And so with the city, you know the processes, but on the other side, you learn about the construction phases. You learn about, you know, the the due diligence and what what has to be done prior to even getting to the city. Like, you know, you, you need the plans and you need, 
you know, an architect, you need an engineer, all of that stuff. But to take it from A to Z is an entirely different process and it's more fun. And so um, I, I think my biggest challenge was um, believing that I can actually do something like this. And so um, the more I learned about planning, the more I wanted to venture off and do my own thing in there. And so when I was in the planning and zoning meetings in Pompano, I would study the other side and watch how the developers or the project manager or whoever represented the project, I would study how they answered the questions. And I had the advantage of knowing the city side, what they expected. So I have this, say it's all sweet, it's not even bittersweet, it's just sweet because I get to see both sides and what to expect on both sides. And so I think it was just the whole idea of me doing it without enough experience. And I had to put in more work, so I would leave work and be reading and researching the private sector side and the things that I needed to learn to be able to do this. And so that's another thing that my husband pushed me in. He would tell me like, hey, don't worry about the experience. Just keep doing what you're doing, learning while you're at the city and when you're coming home just researching everything and then you'll get the hang of it and so now i i feel very confident in it because it's a journey I, I still feel like i'm in the beginning stages but i'm a lot further like it was just little things like i i feel like i had to take steps if i really wanted to do this if i if i didn't take the steps like okay let me just do the website let me get a domain name <laughs> like just simple things like that let me get a business card. Let me get the content from my website. You know, um, just taking those steps into uh, the goal helped me a lot. And so once I started doing that, I feel like I started to get the hang of it. Like, okay, I can do that. And trying to manage the public sector side and trying to understand the private sector, I think was the hardest part for me. And just getting started, getting started was the hardest part. I can totally uh, agree with you on that because self-confidence is, I think that's the biggest hurdle that most of us have to overcome with doing anything. I still struggle with that myself, honestly. And mm -hmm. I've been in planning for a while, but so yeah, I can really agree with you on that. So what have been some of the successes that you all have seen in a short period of time since launching? You know what? I have been very surprised and very blessed to see how this business is growing very quickly. It has expedited. And I am, I, like I said, I'm, I'm very excited about it. And so um, I got a client in North Carolina and I was just doing planning services for him. And I was okay with that. And it, it, it is kind of hard working with somebody out of state because you have to learn an entirely different code and, you know, what they're looking for. And so I started doing that. And um, recently, I've just been getting, you know, my husband's been networking with people um, and sharing what we do. And so we have gotten quite a few clients um, a lot quicker than I thought. And then also, we went to North Carolina recently. And, you know, we spoke with the developer that um, we were giving our services to. And he asked us, he said, hey, you know, I, I, I love the work that you guys are doing. You know, what's your end goal? And we told him, like, you know, we also want to be developers, but this is what we want to do now. And so he, 
he asked us to partner with him, which was very, very exciting because to do planning services is one thing. And I, I feel like I'll always do that. But to be a developer, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what we really want to do. And so to have access to that, to be able to say, you know, we built that actual project. We were the masterminds behind it. I think that's exciting. That I think, I mean, for the first couple of uh, months into this business, that's what we're getting offered. You know, that's how well he liked our service that he thinks we're capable of being developers. That's really exciting to me. So that's a huge success. And then I'm uh, just with that, also the clients who are, it, it's starting to feel like we need to hire somebody. Because <laughs> like, I'm like, well, it's coming in fast. And so especially after the pandemic, a lot of businesses are opening. A lot of people are going to want to start new businesses or because they've been sitting at home for two months and I'm pretty sure they have tons of ideas. And so we're trying to prepare ourselves for that and even start connecting with other people. And so I, I'd be very happy to hire somebody, <laughs> you know, once everything is stable enough, but it looks like pretty soon at this rate that it's going, we're going to have to hire somebody because we're going to need the help. It's going to be more than a two person job. And so that would mean we would have to leave our job jobs and do this full time, which is both of our desires anyway. And so if we can get to that point, I'm very happy. <laughs> very, very happy. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that you guys are seeing a lot of success thus far. And yeah, it is very, very exciting. Mm -hmm. So what are some tips that you can provide for those wanting to start their own planning consulting firm? I would encourage people to do a lot of research and reading. I read as much as I can. I look at a lot of what other people have already done. I don't feel like I have to reinvent the wheel. I see how the wheel is already built and I'm going to roll it just in a different way. And so I study a, a lot of what other people are doing. I would say get a job in the planning field. Stay there as long as you can. And don't just look at it as a job but really look at the details of what you're doing while you're at your job. Like, why is this realtor coming to me about a commercial property? Okay, they have just, oh, what's the zoning? And then they'll leave. I tend to try to ask them more questions just so I can learn from them. Um, or even when developers come in or architects or engineers, I try to ask more questions for my own benefit. And I'll, I'll spark small conversation. Hey, how long have you been doing this? You know, are, are you an outsourced engineering company? You know, not to build partnership or anything at work, but I'm just curious on just how long other people have been doing it and what I could learn from it. And so I would encourage people to, to work at a city or a county, whichever they prefer, and to just soak up as much information as possible. Like really try to understand the work that you're doing and um, build relationships because if you're going to eventually branch off and you're going to stay in the same city or county, you're going to see the same people building because it's a very small field. There's not uh, a gazillion <laughs> developers out there, you know. And so building relationships 
and being being just good at what you do too while you're there. And networking is probably the biggest thing that you can do. Just getting to know people, um, building bridges and just just being just being helpful, I think, too, can help you along the way. So yeah, I would I would tell people to stay in the field as long as you can. Learn from the people around you and don't be afraid to start. Just start in steps and pursue your goals that way. Take one step at a time. I totally agree. Um, especially as it relates to doing like research and market research and reading up on like what other people are doing. Um, I do that all the time with my business because like you said, there's no reason to really being trying to recreate the wheel when you can just learn from somebody else, see what they're doing and do it better or similar or whatever the case may be. Absolutely. Um, so what are your future goals and where do you see um, yourself and your firm in the next five to 10 years? My future goals in, in the next five to 10 years, I'm expecting to have several developments already up and running. <laughs> it can take a, you know, a project to get through, not even counting the construction phase, depending on what you're doing. It can take, I've seen, since I've been at Pompano, I've seen things that still have not been approved. <laughs> so, and I've only been there for not not even three years now. And so um, I plan to have developments up. I plan to have built in very disadvantaged communities. I, I plan to have built in Chicago because that is my hometown. And I have a very strong desire not to live there, not to move back, but to give back to my community or just the city in general. There's just a lot of need there. And I think when people see people from where they're from, it encourages them to pursue their own dreams. And so I want to be influential. I want to be um, that person where people can look at my fruit and say, like, wow, it's possible. Like, you know what I mean? And so I want to have projects that are fully complete within the next five to 10 years. And I want to help other developers get through the process where I would still offer my planning services because I still really do enjoy the planning side of all of this. And even though I want to be a developer, I want to help other developers get these projects up. So, yeah. Cool. Um, so is there anything else um, as we wrap up that you would like to share with my audience or any advice that you would like to give to future planners? Yes, I would say two things. If you ever, if you really believe that this field is for you, then don't give up. Just because you get a no one or two times or three times does not mean that you're failing or that it'll never happen. It's just there's a specific place at a specific time for you to be. And I think when we understand that, then we will be okay with where, where we are, um, at least for the time being. And so um, the internships, if you're still in college, like we said earlier, pursue those internships. They're a huge benefit later on. It might not feel like it while you're in college, but do them. I wish that someone would have told me to do more internships because I definitely would have taken that route if I knew better. 
and I think just have fun. I think people take work too serious sometimes. It should be a fun thing. It's something that you're constantly doing, and if you don't enjoy it, then it's not going to be what you thought it would be like um for a, a while and sometimes I still feel like this working at the city is nothing like how I imagined planning to be um and that's what made me want to go on the private side because it is what I learned in school that part is what's exciting about planning and if you get kind of robotic in your work then it's boring and then you forget the why like why did I want to do this in the first place and if you can remember your why, I feel like it'll always push you to keep going higher and higher and pursuing your goals. So that would be my advice. I like it. And I don't know if you heard my interview with Mitchell Silver, I'm the past Black APA president, and he he's, you know, mm-hmm. said some of the similar things as it relates to, um, you know, staying encouraged, knowing what your why is, and trying to make sure that you are, you know, try to find your love again for the planning field, if you have lost that love. Mm-hmm. Very true. Um, so please provide your social media platforms, your firm's website, so that people can connect with you. Yes, you can follow me on Instagram. My business page is mpdp underscore LLC find some information about me and my husband and our business. My personal Instagram is Pam2, the number two Mac, M-A-C. Find some inspirational videos about purpose. And me and my husband are actually going to start making videos about entrepreneurship and marriage. So stay tuned for that. That's a little surprise. It's coming soon. But yeah, those are my two platforms. You can visit us at mpdprofessionals.com that's our website um if you're interested in services or even co-developing um those are our two main things that we're doing even right now we're um offering business proposals and business plans to help small businesses get started and we're helping them find locations and get through that process well so those are our major two uh platforms or instagram and um, our website. Cool. Well, thank you for interviewing with me today, and hopefully I can have you at a future episodes for other topics. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you all for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to be interviewed in a future episode, please head over to my website at ggtheplanner.com and select the interview tab, and you can request to be interviewed by me in a future episode. That's all for today, folks. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Urban Planners Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please head over and leave a five-star rating on iTunes and subscribe to this podcast so that you won't miss out on an episode. If you would like to buy personalized urban planning gear and other products or are in need of some urban planning career coaching, please head over to ggtheplanner.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at ggtheplanner. Have a great week and we'll see you next episode.